in your ear. Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. This is the Balls in Your Ear basketball podcast on the Up in Your Ear podcast network. I am Josh, and with me, as always, is... Frank. Frank is here, and we're ready to go. Frank's got his uh, UNC hat with a little bangs showing, like it's the 90s. And... Uh, it's how I rock it. And, he's, and a Golden State Warriors shirt. He was just telling me he's excited for uh, Steph Curry playing again. And, um, and I'm excited because we have a lot to talk about since our last podcast. Yeah. Um, last week we were talking about trade deadline rumors and that was like the night before, I believe the uh, trade deadline. So yeah. it all went down and there, you know, there was some interesting stuff. There was some, some pretty big news with some trades, also a few, a few buyout guys. Um, Did you say buyout? But buyout, buyout. <laughs> buy <out. laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's talk about it because you know I'm pumped about trades. I consider myself a unofficial virtual general manager of basketball. Yes. And uh, yeah. so um, I'm just going to go in my little list here that I have of the recap. So we'll do it in that order, not necessarily in the order of importance. But speaking of Miami, side note, real quick, because we're doing this on Thursday night. Right now, the Heat are playing the Warriors. The Sixers are wrapping up, uh, finally beating Cleveland. <laughs> and um, yeah, and yeah, it took, th- took them my, a little while to yeah, get going that, there. That one was hurting a little bit. But my side note was really just I wanted to praise whoever designed Miami's uniforms. The like pink and blue. Are they wearing like, those Miami Vice things again? Yeah, they're like, incredible. They're just like, the best uniforms I've ever seen. It's like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Remember yeah, it's game? just a color. It's just two <laughs> color gradients. It's like a pink and a blue color gradient with like a white gradient stuck in the middle. And there's something about that white gradient and those colors. It's just perfect. Their court is so appealing to look at. Like I hate watching games in Brooklyn. The black and white like aesthetic of Brooklyn oh, annoys yeah. me. It just it's it's a, it's like it feels like an assault. Miami feels like a party, and I love it. It's just beautiful. They look amazing. So back to trades. Uh, big Oladipo. Did get unloaded. Um, I believe I predicted he would definitely move. I think I said that if I was him, I wouldn't show up again if I didn't. So he's in Miami right now. Right. He's going to get a chance to play in the playoffs. And, you know, maybe maybe he can shine a little bit. Maybe he can prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, You know, if it doesn't work with Jimmy Butler, it's not going to work. We're just like, this is the ultimate test. Put him in with Jimmy Butler. But now they have they kind of have a little bit of a big three: Oladipo, Butler, and, and Bam, and uh, yeah, plus and two good. excellent three point shooters. Yeah, like they're going to be exactly like last year. I'm not saying they're going to make the finals, but they're going to be a pain in the fucking ass to play in the playoffs for for Philly or Milwaukee or whoever ends up getting them down the line. Yeah, it's it's going to suck <laughs> to play them. Um, so they they and uh, the Houston gets. Brad, Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek, who they're probably going to buy them out at some if they want to, and they get a first round draft swap. So you know, I don't think that's like much of a prize. It's definitely kind of a dump that they did, uh, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, 
no, I, I don't think that's those are the guys they're going for. That suddenly this uh, um, Houston Rockets team is in a rebuild after <laughs> being one of the top teams in the league. It's crazy what can happen yeah. in two years in the NBA. It wasn't surprising though because they've been awful all year, and there was really no reason for them to keep any veterans that weren't part of their plan. So they got rid of a guy that didn't want to be there anyway. The Clippers, in the weirdest trade to me, sent Lou, Sweet Lou Williams home with his dirty fingernails to Atlanta <laughs> and got back Rajon Rondo. So Clippers are Clippers are doubling down on defense. Yeah, and and I guess it, it shows that they. Um they think Lou's definitely he's lost that step finally. Yeah. And he, he's not going to be that like, you know, sixth man of the year contender. Um, he, he doesn't seem to be playing like that, that instant offense guy they need him to be. So I guess Rajon Rondo is sort of like, um, he's sort of like a, a quarterback out there on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, Playoff like, experience, championship yeah. experience. Plays hard, knows how to get the ball in, mm-hmm. in the hands of the right guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I so. mean, I, I get it. I kind of get it. It's just weird just because like, I, I get that the Clippers wanted to get a player who could help them for Lou Williams. Who's been like a massive net negative for them this year. Actually, he just, yeah. it, he doesn't fit that team. It doesn't work anymore. And maybe I actually think he might help Atlanta. Maybe he's someone Trey Young will actually like look up to and listen to if he gets in his ear a little bit. Cause he's a veteran. Maybe Rondo is just not that guy. I don't know, but yeah, it, I, it's just weird. Like you're thinking, they're going to go out there and they're going to have a lineup at some point where it's Rondo, Pat Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi guarding the perimeter. And that's a really good defensive perimeter. I know Rondo yeah. and Beverly aren't in their maybe athletic primes anymore, but they're still bulldog defenders and that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Rondo, he's, he's not personally the sort of quickest guy one-on-one, but he, he has the experience to know, where to space himself to, mm-hmm. to block the passing lanes. He's a pain in the um, ass. Yeah. That's what he is. He's a pain in the ass out there. Um, the Blazers in a really interesting trade, uh, flipped Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood for Norman Powell. Again, a playoff experience guy, not like an old veteran, but guy who's been there. I think gives 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 uh, Portland just a little boost. I don't know. If, I know you're down on Portland, but I think this is a good move, and they added a player who helps them more than the guys they got rid of. I'm I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not really that into Norman Powell, and I mean Gary Trent Jr. Um, I, I think he's going to be good. He can shoot, um, but he's not helping them now. Right, they're going yeah. for it. They're, they 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 think their nose is in it. I know you that, don't, and I probably don't either. But they think that they are. That doesn't that doesn't bring him anywhere closer in my mind. I, I thought they were going to try to do more, and maybe they did try to do more, and they and they just yeah. And they just lost out. They they didn't get the guys they were they were going for. That's the interesting part. We never know those stories. Like you, like That's we're going to sit here and criticize them, but we don't know like what they tried to do or what offers they made or you know, NBA general managers are smart, simultaneously really smart and really stupid and also really lucky or unlucky. So like you you know you get all those things and you never know what kind of deals are not happening. Well, the Orlando Magic like shipped off like half their team and. Which makes sense to me. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of people are excuse me, criticizing them and saying, like, you're giving up all these players and obviously getting mostly, like, 
garbage back, um, you're, you're getting picks. You're getting some first-round picks. It's like they're starting their own process. They, they are, they've decided they're starting their process. Well, and so let's I, talk about it. I get it. Yeah, I was just going to say, just to add on to your point, like let's talk about what the Magic got because that was the next trade I was going to get to was the Bulls-Magic trade, but there's also they made a big trade with the Nuggets too. Um, and they cleared <laughs> cleared a lot of house, and they they so Vucevic was the only like borderline great player that they had. It's not like they were trading these young studs. Aaron Gordon, they never, I don't think ever fit there ever. It just never happened, and they never got the package that they wanted. But so this is what they got: they traded Vucevic and Aminu, who's like mm-hmm. a guy. He plays uh, defense. He's he, yeah. he's he's a good sort of wing defender. Um, he's a guy, and he's not a guy you're looking for right now on that team, anyway. And right. they got back Wendell Carter and Otto Porter from the Bulls, who are like young guys, at least that you're still looking to see if they can kind of break out a little bit and have a little little like you know, sp- there's still a little bit of potential there in both of them. Yeah, I think. And they got two first round picks. Years. Right. Yeah, it's it's the first round picks, and I guess here's what's funny about that. It's like I think that guys the teams that traded with them um, and, and Boston got, got Evan Fournier from them too. Right. Uh, there was a lot of, Oh yeah. Boston got Evan Fournier. Yep. For yeah. Jeff Teague and two, two twos. Right. Um, that was part of a, a multi-team trade. Yeah. Um, it, it, I guess what I was going to say is some of the teams that looks like dating, it kind of worked out for both. It, it's like they didn't, the the teams who decided to deal with the magic didn't really have to give up much to get some pretty decent players who could potentially help them. They're all playoff right. contenders. Um, but the magic at the same time, it's not like it hurt them because they, they got the picks that they need for the future. Um, and they're and, the worst team in the league. Yeah. <laughs> they so weren't doing anything. One of those things, I wonder who else was in the run, like who else really wanted, um, you know, Vucevic or Aaron Gordon, Vucevic is a good player, man. But it seems like the Bulls didn't have to give up too much, and I just wonder if they got two firsts. I wonder if the manager could have gotten something something better for somebody else if they had shopped around more because they did this in the morning on trade deadline day. There were like four hours left, and 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 they may have been able to kind of ratchet up the pressure and get some competing offers for these guys because uh, I really feel like the Nuggets um, got got a great guy to, to round out their team with Aaron Gordon. Um, the, the Bulls, however, I will say Vucevic, um, he's, he might be fool's gold. Stop it. No. What? So. A mobile big man who's, who's a great cutter, can pass, grabs you double-digit boards, and scores you 20, buck, 20 points a game? No, and he can shoot a little? The Bulls have lost every game since he's been there. So I'll, I'll start with that. That, which has been this, two, right? Like no, three. No, I, I think it's been at least three now. Has it? Well, it's and, no, they're get, I get it. It's an adjustment. No, he's. This is what I think. He got these numbers on this horrible Magic team. He goes to the Bulls. He will get his numbers. He is not a guy. He's not. He's not like a plus guy as far as winning. He's a guy who. And and I guess this is one of those problems. Sometimes, even if analytics show that he, hypothetically on paper is supposed to be an efficient offensive player. Whatever it is he's doing out there on the floor is not actually adding anything to make the team win. It's just like somebody's going to get, you know, 22 points and 12 boards and he's going right. to be the guy to do it. But okay. he's he's not doing enough 
probably probably in the defensive part of the game is a big part and also anything to really stretch the floor. So I almost think that he is a bit, he might be a bit of a, a bit of a dinosaur in the league. Cause what, what I'm seeing, you either have to be a really talented big guy who can begin to actually stretch your range, or you got to be damn committed to being a rebounder and a defender. And that's your game. Vucevic. I don't know. Looks good. You're like, Oh wow. He, he, he's like pretty efficient around the hoop. He's pretty nifty. Um, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he. I don't think he brings the um, excellent passing ability. Well, I think he's a really good passer. Ability. I disagree. I think he's a good passer, and he's a really good cutter. He's really good off the ball. He's he a good cutter. He's a good cutter. But um, I don't know. I like him. I, I'm biased though because I liked Vucevic a lot when he was on the Sixers and he was young. They had him uh, and Lavoy Allen, and I, I was too. high I, on I, both of them a lot when I they were. I was surprised the Sixers sort of gave up on him so soon. I did think he would blossom to be a better player and he, and he did, but I think uh, ultimately we see he's, I think he's just a guy who's going to get his, his stats and he's not actually a, a, a winner for a team. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree, but the season's going to tell us who was right on this one. Right. Um, the, the, the magic, their entire haul was for all these players. They got, so they got three first round picks, not pick swaps, actual picks, like a handful of guys who, you know, maybe still have some, a little bit of juice left in the league in terms of like, how good can they be young guys? And they got two second round picks too. So, so they get the full reboot. They're like, they're good to go. And like you said, the nuggets got Aaron Gordon, who I think at this point is a curiosity. We're going to see what he does. He might be a really good fit for them. I think it's a great fit. And I told you, I've been, I've been on the nuggets, um, all year. And, uh, I really, um, I, I I really think they should be really considered high high in contention for the championship, or or at least to come out of the West. You're putting some ducats on the Nuggets. They also got yeah. the, my guy who I who I gave the guarantee 100 percent would get traded to a comp- contender guarantee. They got Javale McGee, as I said, my my mm-hmm. beautiful prediction. Um, they got him for a you know bucket of balls, uh, and. Uh, the, the Celtics got Evan Fournier, which he covered, who, you know, helps a little bit. Doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, and then there was some, like, smaller trades. J.J. Reddick ends up uh, on Dallas, which is a little, oh, yeah, a little surprising. That's right. that's, that could be interesting. That's going to help them make their little run in the playoffs. Uh, well, they, they used Remember, they used to have Seth Curry, so I think he fills that kind of role. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I I think that helps him. I think he's a nice little piece um, to help make sure if Dallas can't quite get into the sixth seed and avoid the the, the play in, um, then at least definitely be um, uh, seven through ten and get get into the uh, the playoff play in. Right, and I I think I think now watching like uh, almost more than half a season of Seth Curry like on a regular basis, I think he's a better player than Reddick. Uh, but Reddick, that's no downside on Reddick. I think Reddick, Reddick is certainly capable. Reddick can still get you like 25 on a random night when he's just on fire and hitting buckets. And so I don't think he's quite the ball handler that Curry can be though. He's not really, can't really play point guard for you ever. Um, and speaking of point guards, the Sixers got George Hill, a guy I really like. He hasn't played yet. He's still hurt, but it's like a minor injury that he's expected to recover from in the next week or two, I think. Uh, and really gave up nothing 
it really nothing. <laughs> Tony Bradley, who was like a little folk hero for a week in Philly, and that's about it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean that's just that's just experience, uh, an experienced point guard. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, I think it gives potential to get Ben Simmons off the ball. Um, but I mean, he, he should still handle the ball, of course, and be in a position to distribute because he's great at that. But I think Ben Simmons should be more at like the high post near the free throw line, mm-hmm. that area where he has a chance to distribute from there or decide to drive right to the hoop where his right. range is and where he can score. So I like if he could get a George Hill out on the perimeter, kind of getting the offense started. Um, I, th- I think that could be an asset. to the Yeah. And he's another ball handler and he's a little insurance policy. If shake Milton gets shook in the playoffs again, it's weird. I, uh, one, I think you're right about Ben Simmons. The Sixers, and watching, even watching them tonight, uh, and since uh, the last couple of weeks, honestly, even before the All Star break, they've been running Simmons at like a traditional power forward slot more often. Like he starts possessions either as the as the pick and roll guy or at least somewhere near the free throw line. Yeah, um, and uh, he's starting to try to get a little bit of like you know when you're that guy when you're going to slash, you got it helps to have some kind of like pull up move. And he's starting to do this little like spin move where if the lane clogs, he'll turn his back and just like get his height going. And he's not quite hitting those shots yet, but it's certainly one that he can, that I don't think would be that hard to develop if you're like, all right, I'm right. going to spend this summer working on like a little turnaround middle of the paint, like fade for, for when the lane clogs and there's, you know, a, a six, three or six, four guard on me and I'm six, nine and I can just turn around and bang it. And uh, I think that's going to be really helpful. The more guys you have that can, that can allow Simmons to grow into that role, the better. I think that's, I think that's a good point you made, Frank. I like that. You're a good coach reading, <laughs> reading it. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for trades. Uh, the, there's still the buyout deadline for guys to be in the playoffs is April 9th. So there still can be like another week of buyouts, even though we already saw Blake Griffin go to the nets and LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, who are the biggest names, if not necessarily the greatest players. Um, and you'll see maybe a couple other players move around, but this is a time when there might be a guy who becomes a playoff hero who ends up on a team at random. So it's a fun little moment. I, I like the buyout deadline too. I want Wayne Ellington, get Wayne Ellington on the Sixers. Get him. Yeah. The only get thing him, as a Carolina fan, I, I want to team him back up with Danny green, 2009 NCAA champions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny as a Carolina fan, if you have those two guys together on the team, it, it was sort of maddening because they're not, I wouldn't say they're great three point shooters. They're very good three point shooters. But they not, become a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in college they were supposed to sort of be the three point shooters on the team. Um, you had Ty Lawson running the point and you had uh, Tyler Hansborough, um, you know, down in the lane. I love that but team. You, I love you, that team. You never knew which one was going to get hot between Ellington and Green. It was so random, you know. So you were always so nervous, like which one was going to be on or off, and you just wanted you wanted Lawson to figure it out and get the ball into the hands of the guy who was going to be hot that night. But neither right. one of them was like, you know, like one of the Curry brothers or Redick or or that type of really sharp shooter. But they can both be really good three point shooters. I, I bought a lot of stock in. Um, uh, who was the point guard? I just forgot his name. Oh my God. Uh, I just forgot it. The North Carolina point guard you were just talking about the little guy. 
Oh, Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson. I, I put a lot of stock in Ty Lawson and Psycho T. I thought Hainsborough was going to make it in the NBA. I thought he had a, I thought I was like, this guy, he's got some slick moves. He's got the attitude. He can, he can get to rebounds. And you know, he, he played for, he played for a little while. He might, I don't think he's still in the league, but you know, he had, he had a career, but I thought he had a chance to have like a good 10, 15 year career. Uh, really yeah. Hard. So I knew he would never, there's somebody who I, I was like trying to bet me though. Like, yeah, Tyler Hansborough, like he'll probably score like 20 and, be like a 20 and 10 guy in the NBA. And I was like, no way. It might've been me. I don't think uh, that, but it might've been. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was like, it's not going to happen. I, I love the guy. I love what he brings to the college game, but that is not going to translate for, for the scoring. I was like, he'd be lucky to get up to about 14 points, you know, between eight and 10 boards. That's like his ceiling in the NBA. That's if he can player. do something like that, he, he can stick around. And for yeah. a little while with the, uh, he was on the Pacers for a little while and he was getting, I think double digit boards you know, briefly for a few years, but yeah, I thought he would have hung around a little longer in the league. Yeah. So, all right. So you wanted to talk about, um, you want to talk about rebounding and uh, I'm sure you want to talk about the tournament, right? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't as, that I'm, much. as I'm furiously Googling psycho T's stats. <laughs> Yeah, ch- check out, see what his, see if he was ever at between twelve and fourteen points, and, uh-huh. and, w- along with eight to ten boards. I thought maybe, he, maybe it's he not had. Looking, a, it's not looking good. Of, it's not that. looking good. It's. Uh, I love Basketball Reference, but they don't do points per game in like the first stats. It's really <laughs> wait a minute. Actually, oh, that's per thirty six. See, I, I gotta go like per thirty six advanced. He had so his career per was fourteen point eight. His it, it only dipped below 13 in his final year in the league, but that tells me he was like he was basically an average NBA player for his yeah. entire career, which you know that's not bad. He was a plus as win share, like he, he was okay, he just didn't stay. Why can't I get his points per game? Why is it so dear NBA reference? You're the best site, but points per game should be like right at the top. His career points per game is 6.7, so I don't know if he ever got what you're hoping well, yeah you can find this high oh there we go i found it points per game normal points per game his high was 11 yep. second year in the league that's that's around the range i thought i thought maybe he and he his did. rebounds were five so 11 and five so not quite as good as you Ooh. were saying but yeah it's a little low on the on the rebounds there i guess yeah. i I, pro- I probably was watching that he probably had a handful of games where he had a lot of rebounds so i was like oh yeah this guy's gonna be you know, uh, like a Reggie Evans or something. His it's name pronunciation is officially Hansbro. Hansbro. Yeah, it's not. Hands, like all Hans. caps, hands, dash, bro. lowercase bro. bro. Hansbro. Yeah, I actually, um, I, I saw him in person a bunch of times around uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, big dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, 6'9", 250. <laughs> and that was yeah. his playing weight. Like, that's a big guy. <laughs> All right, so t- Frank, tell us about the tournament real quick. Give us a give us a quick like rundown. Um, we're at the final four. Yeah, so we're down to Houston versus Baylor and UCLA. It's sort of the surprise because they played in the plane, you know, the the fake first round to yeah. get in, and now they're all the way in the final four. And they beat um, Michigan. And they beat Michigan, which I actually wasn't too surprised about because. I was low on Michigan after one of their starters got injured in the big 10 tournament. I was actually surprised they got as far as they did. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I, I kind of had that 
I mean, obviously I didn't have UCLA in my original bracket, but <laughs> going this far, but by the time they got to Michigan, I was like, yeah, I, I, I could see UCLA upsetting them here. All um, right. So when's the final four? Final four Saturday um, around five o'clock is Houston Baylor. Um, so Baylor's one of those teams we're, we're supposed to be watching them for, for NBA potential on that team. And, and I guess I have seen it a little bit um, the past few games. Um, Houston, I, I just like better though. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're such a gritty, nasty defensive team. They get so many steals and deflections. Um, so I, yeah, I enjoy Houston. I think I'm just rooting for Houston to win the whole thing now. Um, and obviously Gonzaga is the favorite. They're 30 and 0 now. Um, and they're and whooping they're, people too. They're crushing people. And yeah. I, don't, I don't like them. I don't want them to win, but, uh, they're the big dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so if Gonzaga beats Houston, I think I win your 30 plus person, uh, tournament bracket that you hosted. Yeah. And, and I think you definitely, um, I think you place, uh, there are a bunch of people who, if Houston just makes the championship game, they're going to, they're going to place in, in, in the top, even if Houston, whether or not Houston wins or loses, um, just yeah. having them in the game. If, if you had that, you, well, there's only one other person team. who has Gonzaga winning, who, who has a higher p- potential point total than me. And, right. and they don't have them. They have them beating, not, not Houston. I don't know who they're, it might be Baylor. So I think the Houston right. Baylor game, that's going to, that's going to determine it basically. Yeah. yeah. The other one so doesn't matter because everybody in the running has Gonzaga. Right. You no. Know? Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah. So if UCLA gets in, it doesn't matter. Um, but I don't think I can win without Gonzaga winning the championship. I think I need all those extra points that I can mm. get to get me in it. I, I got hurt in the first round bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the lower right bracket, the Southeast or whatever killed me. Okay. Anyway. Um, so I'm, I want you to talk about something cause you, you texted me something you want to talk about. And I was really interested. You, you wanted to go on, you wanted to, you wanted to get on your soapbox and talk about rebounding. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, I just want to mention the guy on, on Baylor, oh, yeah. uh, da- Davion Mitchell is the guard. And um, I, I did start watching him a little more closely the last few games. I mean, the guy's good. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a good handle. He, he makes good decisions. He mm-hmm. can get to the hoop quickly. Like I definitely am. I'm, he's listed at six, two, two Oh five. And right now I'm seeing a projection of him at um, going like 15th to, um, to Boston is one projection. So they get Marcus um, smart 2.0, but more athletic. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And, I don't know um, if I like that. I'm seeing another one. He's down at 17 to the Knicks. So, so a decent know. team. This guy could end up on a decent team and be a, be a help helpful player right away. Yeah, I think the worst would be. Let's see. Thunder have number ten. Thunder Pacers Pelicans. Um, Grizzlies Warriors. He seems like a Pacers kind of guy. Pacers. I could see that. I could see him ending up there. Yeah. So he he might not. Yeah, he might not even get down to the the Celtics or the Knicks. Um, we got time for that draft. But, Tell us about your rebounding yeah. <laughs> research. Yeah. So I was, uh, I don't know what got me. Oh, we were talking about rebounding and how that's like just rebounds per game is not a great stat. And there's another mm-hmm. rebound stat rebound percentage, which is a little bit better because it actually accounts for the available rebounds per game. So like mm-hmm. you're not penalized for being in a, a really slow game 
um, whether hardly any shots taken or right. a game where everybody's making all their freaking shots and there are no rebounds available, you know, mm-hmm. which doesn't um, solve our, our critique of rebounding, it, it but doesn't. it does help it make it a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It still doesn't account for the lazy rebounds, the rebounds where you defer to the big guy on your team because he's the traditional rebounder. And the, you know, it just, it bounces on the floor and it's there for the taking and the point guard just like lets the big guy take it. Right. So it doesn't account for that, but um, I, I'm just, I was looking at the overall all time rebound percentage. Um, and, and, and guess who's number one. He, he just, uh, he just found a new home in the NBA. Is it Dwight Howard? No, uh, just oh. found a new home. Oh, McGee. Andre Drummond. What? Andre Drummond is the NBA all time leader in rebound percentage. And I, that's the ultimate like decent player on shitty teams for his whole career stat that I've ever heard in my life, I think. <laughs> but I'm I swear I've always been so hopeful for this guy. I'm one of those guys, I guess I'm I'm still be, I'm still believing in Andre Drummond. Now, he's I, on I the move. Like we forgot to even add that. He's on the Lakers and hurt on immediately. Lakers. Immediately got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I uh wait, what was it? What did he hurt? His toe. His toe. His toe. Okay. He's, gonna but he's not going to be out games. long. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't like the Lakers. I, I I don't want to root for him now that he's on the Lakers. But uh, um, and I don't know that he's the right guy to make a huge difference for them. So I I don't know. But uh, he's number one. But mm-hmm. there are five, six, seven, eight. There are eight guys or nine. Nine of the top twenty all time are active NBA players in a rebound. Number percentage. two is not active, and he's a guy that I think is is worth bringing up too. Tell who's number two. Dennis Rodman. That's Dennis not surprising. Worm. Yeah. Number but three. But the worm did it for good teams. That's a difference. Yeah. Like the worm was getting boards in games that mattered. A lot of games that mattered. The the number one, Andre Drummond and Reggie Evans at number three were yeah. not doing it in a lot of games that mattered. Reggie Evans at number three, which I know yeah. I know. And I was, love Reggie Evans. No shame on Reggie Evans. Yeah. I was a big fan of his. Yeah, he he's he's the ultimate like uh like the hard hat junkyard dog guy yes like. love reggie evans <laughs> reggie evans can be on my basketball team at any time even if even if he's just there to practice against the rest of the team like you he, should put reggie evans and uh zeke um what's his name who zeke what what's zeke? what's his real name <laughs> oh isaiah thomas no 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 why am i oh not not zeke you're talking about zebo yeah, 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 yeah. Zach Randolph? Yeah, you're, to, Zach you're Randolph. fishing for Zach Randolph. I read yeah, your yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah, put, Zach put, Randolph also has an has, has a permanent seat on the all time my all time <laughs> like my favorite team. Put, yeah, put Zach Randolph and Reggie Evans there together, and they're just like throwing up a bunch of crap around the hoop, getting their own boards. Getting like I'm four absolutely, boards per I'm absolutely putting a four of a five power forward lineup out on my team with Tim Duncan running point guard. If you think I'm not doing that with my team, you are wrong. I, uh, I'm getting Zebo, I'm getting Reggie Evans, I'm getting Tim Duncan, Sean Kemp, and I'm getting Rasheed Wallace out there on the court at the same nice. time, just running <laughs> that team. You're done. Just pissing you off. <laughs> um, and then the next, the next guys is interesting. DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert, Dwight Howard. So what's interesting about those guys, four through six all time rebound percentage, mm-hmm. is they're all on like major major contenders mm-hmm. for the championship 
this yeah. year, right? We got we got New Jersey Nets, yeah, uh, New Jersey Nets, whatever, Brooklyn Nets, yeah, <laughs> um, okay. And uh, with DeAndre Jordan, we got Rudy Gobert, Utah Jazz, um, Dwight Howard, and yeah, and, and Dwight Howard. And these so, are all guys that have done it for good teams and been parts of playoff teams. So, yeah. so maybe rebounding percentage does have a little, little sway. That so this is what this tells me: the fact that there's so many active players and who are seem to have been like they're kind of. A, a, a bunch of them are sort of late additions to to top teams. So Andre mm-hmm. Drummond, DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, Rudy Gobert's been with the Jazz kind of a while. Um, Vucevic is number is number twenty on the all time list. Yeah, because um, he's good. <laughs> so, but I guess what, all what these guys are good mean? players, though. I know, like Reggie Evans. Other than Andre Drummond, I think all these guys are good players, and some of them have been great players. DeMarcus Cousins is number 14. <laughs> Boogie um, got a lot of a lot of ugly stats. Boogie played on a lot of bad teams. Yeah. Like a lot of bad teams. But he used to remember there would be nights when like the highlight of the night would be Boogie gets like 30 boards or something like that. You just see like his stat lines would be absurd. I mean, Andre Drummond does those too. I like Boogie more, but yeah. I guess you can kind of compare them and guys and, that just gobble up stats and shit games that don't matter. Yeah, so I, I guess what this tells me is that um, I think it's it, it will, going back to Rodman, Rodman number two on the list, kind of shows me that what Phil Jackson did with the Bulls back then was kind of the right thing to do. Um, if you don't have one of these super special big men, you need you need a guy either power forward or center um, who is just going to focus on getting you those rebounds. Who's just, yeah. who's, com- who's just committed to that part of the game. And it's funny. What did Kwai uh, say? What did Kwai say? Boardman gets paid. Yeah. And, and so a lot of these guys, like they didn't necessarily start in the league um, trying to be that, you know, they right. wanted to have it all. Yeah, they point. wanted to be great scorers, mm-hmm. um, but they've had to settle into these positions where they're like, if I want to get paid or if I want to get my championship ring, I'm going to have to play this role and be a major rebounder. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think like, like, uh, Larry Brown, even like with the Sixers, when, when they, when they, even when they had Matumbo, when they had the Matumbo Iverson thing, they had like three guys that their entire job was to, you know, take fouls on defense and grab boards like yeah, Ty, that's Ty, what Tyrone Hill. Hill did. George Lynch, you you got these guys. I'm thinking about like the the Spurs teams that won all those championships. Always had guys that were like they would be next to Duncan and they had the board. They had to just right. grab boards and get it, especially offensive boards. If you can grab offensive boards, you're golden. Yeah, um, it's Inez Cantor is high up mm-hmm. on the list too, and he's a, he's that guy for the Trailblazers. To me, yeah. he's he's a, a real key piece of what keeps them in um, sort of between rebounding and interior defense. Yeah. I like Cantor. I I saw him in person uh, just dismantle the Sixers one game when uh, Embiid was out. Embiid and Simmons are out a couple of years ago and Cantor was, it was the last time he was on the Blazers and he just like, he just like ripped the heart out of the Sixers, just grabbing boards and being a, just being a big physical presence. I love those guys. Was that the one where Nurkic got injured? I I don't remember. He, uh, yeah, he, 
yeah, the, he was the starting center at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then he got hurt and Cantor like was starting for them for a while. This was like maybe three years ago. Yeah. Uh, and he just ripped up. He's like ruined, ruined the only game I went to that season in person. And he just ruined it. <laughs> Never go to Sunday matinee games. NBA <laughs> fans. They're the worst. <laughs> They're not ready. The players are not ready to play on a Sunday morning. <laughs> All right. So I, Frank, I like rebound percentage. Um, I'm going to start referring to that now. That's going to be my like stat for rebound percentage. Like if there are a hundred rebounds in that game, how this guy would have grabbed you, you know, whatever, 20 of them, 20, right. 20% yeah. of boards. Yeah. Whatever. Like that. That's kind of what it is. It's a percentage. Yeah. And that's why it's relevant that current players are on the all time list. It's not, it's not a cumulative stat. Um, and it also, it adjusts for different flows of the game in different eras, right? right? If if it accounts for a lower lower scoring game, you know, lower shooting or higher shooting percentages, then it, it's pretty steady along, you know, different eras. Moses Malone is a, one of the all time greats um, mm-hmm. rebounders. He's he's really high on that list too, which is no surprise, right? Because it's otherwise it wouldn't be fair if you're playing if you're playing in a a three hundred point game between the Warriors and the Nets, like. And you're get, and you're grabbing twenty rebounds. It's not the same as grabbing twenty rebounds in a eighty-two to eighty-four game in nineteen eighty-five. You know what I mean? Right. Like the, the it should be it should be scaled. The, and and the percentage makes that easy. It just makes an easy scale. Like it's like a batting average instead of a accumulation number at this point. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I like that, Frank. Good find. Breaking down rebounds. Um, we are actually kind of approaching the stretch run right like we're less we're like a little more than a month from the playoffs am i reading that right is that true uh yeah yeah you're reading that right i'm excited i think what's really cool um sorry i just lost my train of thought what's really cool is that the play-in torn the extra two playoff slots in each conference made the trade deadline more interesting which a lot of people thought it wouldn't uh, because there's more teams that were kind of accumulating wealth and, you know, like the Hornets didn't really do anything. They kind of like, they kind of laid, stayed put, the Pelicans kind of stayed put, you know, there were some minor things, but, um, the playing tournament is in May. So we're, yeah, less yeah. than two months away from that towards like, it's like six, seven weeks from now. Yeah. So we, and we so these teams about- are going to, they're going to have to gel like the bulls. Yeah. I think the bulls are going to gel. I think they're going to be a pain in the ass and, 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 Give it a little run here. Um, you don't I'm, agree with me. It's fine. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure how Vucevic is going to be. I think he doing what he does. He'll he'll get his numbers. He'll look like he's playing a pretty efficient game. But I think he's going to get them out of their offense offensive flow and really distributing the ball to to all these up and coming. Their offensive flow the is goals. Zach Levine. That's the flow. It's, that's all. They, that's what I mean. I like. I like some of the young guys. It's, yeah, I like Kobe White too. I'm a fan of his. Uh, but he's been hurt and hasn't really been in the flow either. Is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I don't know. I like those three. I think Chicago is now a really interesting, fun team that I'm going to look for to watch. You know, when I turn on my league pass on a Tuesday night or whatever, I'm going to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to watch the Bulls for ten minutes here. And uh, and that's good. Like I want more. The more teams that are fun to watch, the better. It's going to be an awesome playoffs. 
Um, the other team I, I watch out for in the West is actually Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I would not actually sleep on them. John Morant just had a great game the other day. He's a beast. Um, they've got somebody coming back off injury real soon. Um, I love the Grizz. They're, they're, that, that team's got a lot of talent, and they're deep. They're the Western Conference version of the Hornets. If, if there was some miraculous ending of the season where the Hornets and the Grizzlies both made miracle runs to the finals, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be like the happiest person. It would be awesome. It would be great uniforms, a lot of blue. Blue and basketball go well together. I don't know why. I know it's uh, Jaron Jackson is, is coming back. Oh, that's my dude. I love Jaron yeah. Jackson. Yeah. So I would watch out for the Grizzlies. They're, I think they got definitely... Justice Winslow on that team. Also, <laughs> my dude. They got uh, who's the other wing? Um, uh, they got another guy that I love. Wait, now, now I'm going to have to look up. Well, I already um, Dylan, Dylan Brooks from Oregon. He's a great three point shooter. Remember, yeah, he was on those Oregon Ducks teams a few years ago that were good in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Val- I like Valanchunas. I like Brandon Clark, Justice Winslow. Love this yeah, team. That's that's your kind of team. Yeah, no, I, I think they're going to be real uh, promising down the stretch and probably being like that Jones a little bit. Tyus Jones, kind of like him a little bit. But I mean, Morant's the guy. It's Moran <laughs> Jackson. They're the guys. Uh, don't sleep on Valanciunas though. Secretly, a pretty good player. Yeah. Like, I like Valanchunas. Yeah, Valanchunas is up there really high on that rebound percentage list. I bet he is. See, I'm yeah. telling you, man, me, yeah. me and rebounding percentage get along great, except you do. when it comes to Andre Drummond. <laughs> except Andre Drummond, who's number one all time. Like, don't are we, buy are we ready to say Andre Drummond is the NBA's best rebounder of all time? We might have to say he's the MVP. If he can, <laughs> what if he carries the Lakers? What if Braun and Anthony Davis never come back, but Andre Drummond shows us, he's like, this is, this is, this is the real me. I just need to get in purple and gold. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm waiting for. He's like, he's suddenly like Wilt Chamberlain out there. And yeah, it's he's like built like Wilt Chamberlain. I'm always expecting him to be. I don't know. No, he doesn't move like that. No, you, um, you know who does look at uh, Ed Davis? He was a Tar Heel. He he has this weird build for like a seven footer that looks also super athletic, like Wilt Chamberlain was, mm-hmm. where it's like. You could be somehow a track star, but also one of the tallest basketball players. Right. Yeah. And they, yeah, that, that you know, you still got to be smooth though. Like when I talked about you getting a player's gate, um, we didn't even, we're remiss to yeah, say. But he's stuck on the Timberwolves. So, yeah. Um, uh, I like it. my man. So my man, Anthony Edwards, speaking of the Timberwolves, I'll save that. We'll talk about Anthony Edwards because he, he's starting to heat up and he's fun to watch. And I'm going to watch him Saturday night, probably. Um, the, we didn't even talk about how the jazz and the Suns are just killing people right now <laughs> and how they're, they're, they're looking like just world beating teams. And, and like you predicted the Lakers, although you didn't predict it through injury, but the Lakers are, are, are the sinking ship at the moment. The West is shuffling, man. The Mavericks are trying to heat up. The Blazers are trying to heat up. The Spurs will not go away. You know, your Grizzlies, your Warriors. Yeah, even, even a great your beloved Sacramento Kings are still well, hanging so around, that, well, just sniffing. I think the only way the Kings, uh, I I do like them, and I'd love to see them in, in a playoff plan. Um, but with what I see as the ascendance of the Grizzlies, that's that's about to happen. Um, I And the Spurs just won't, they just won't go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the current West is what we're going to see from 
Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Blazers, Mavericks, Spurs, Warriors, Grizzlies. I, I, uh, well, I think it I comes think, down I think that's to where maybe, it ends. I, I could see the Warriors sinking based on like who gets injured next for them. Right, it, right. It, that's fair. Okay, right? because they're not going to chase after uh, like a playing game, and you have you have to win two playing games if you're nine and ten. You have right. to win that one, and then you play the guy, the team that lost the seven eight game. To then get in, so I okay. can't. I don't see think them. I even knew that. Yeah, so I can't see them fighting really hard. Let's say it's like Steph is a little banged up again, and like they're not going to sacrifice him to try to get that kind of seed to barely make the playoffs. So You're I, that's right. the only wild card that I, that I think allows. Oh well, I guess Sacramento or the Pelicans really. I mean, to get, to we should say the, the Thunder are only a game behind those two teams, basically, and. I don't think the Thunder are that good, but they're the kind of team that they could just like, they could be a random gel team that just like goes on a hot streak and sneaks in. They're all alive. It's only the Rockets and the Timberwolves that are dead in the water at this point in the West. Yeah. I, I think, I think the team there, you'd have to see if the Warriors um, end up tanking down the stretch. That's the only one that's going to make things available um, for one of those other Western teams. But yeah, like they're fun. To watch. I mean, the Pelicans are really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Zion Williamson. Zion's <laughs> awesome. He's he is a force of nature. He is a show that nobody else can put on in the NBA these days. No, I yeah. mean nobody He's nobody amazing. plays like that. I, I guess like Julius Randle is sort of like a a mini Zion Williamson too. Without um, the athleticism, he doesn't have the explosive explosiveness. Right. Yeah, but they just they just have great shooting percentage and stay around the hoop and get the it Knicks done. Are, the Knicks are 500 and in sixth place and are absolutely going to make the playoffs this year. I just want to put that out into the world. The Knicks, the New York Knicks, are going to make the playoffs with like nine power forwards on the roster. My and dream they didn't team. do anything at the trade deadline, did they? Did they? Did no, the there, there was a lot of talk th- about them like hunting everybody, but they didn't do anything. Which, which might be good. Maybe sometimes because they're always the team to kind of – Jump the gun too early, pay too much for guys, give up too yeah. much. Um, maybe just sitting there, being a little patient with some of their young talent for once is is going to be good for them. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, I think uh, I think we covered everything important, and you know we'll talk talk next week about whatever goes down this weekend, and and we'll will, will we have um, an NCAA champion. When's the final? Is it usually Monday um, or Tuesday? Yeah, I think it's still going to be. I think it's still Monday night. So yeah, okay. final four. So Saturday. we'll have we'll have the final four, the final two. We'll have a weekend of basketball, and uh, maybe there'll be maybe we'll even get some buyouts. A uh, couple more players sliding around. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be cool. Frank, it was good talking to you. All right, good nice people to listening you. to us. We appreciate all of you listening to us. Thank you so much. Uh, this is balls in your ear, and we're out. All right, see you later. Network.